0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station.
1: The BFM Breakfast Grill. Top interviews you can't afford to miss.
0: I'm Wang Xiaoning, and this is The Breakfast Grill. Last week, before the government announced their plans to review the 5G network, I spoke with Wing K. Lee, CEO of YTL Communications, about whether 5G is a game changer or overrated if it would lead to a plethora of universal applications that will see a positive re-rating for telco companies or just technology that costs too much. Important questions to ask since YTL Communication had taken an equity stake in Digital National Berhad and was also the first in Malaysia to roll out 5G. This was our conversation. Thanks for coming on the show, Wing. Now, 5G? YTL Communications is clearly a fan and no pun intended because I hear a loud yes. But I have my doubts as to whether it will be a success because there is this article on Bloomberg which highlights that when Verizon, AT&T Mobile introduced the first 5G services three years ago, they still have little to no revenue to show for it. So can Malaysia be any different from the US?
1: Uh, I think America is a very well-endowed country. It's a very rich country. As a result, the infrastructure is quite strong. So the baseline is different from Malaysia. When I look at Malaysia, so the country is very young. Internet penetration back in 2009 was nearly 43%. And when it comes to the contrast against a young populace, the country is underserved. Still? Still today, because the 4G deployment, Mm. as many of the listeners out there would agree with me, has not been great. The performance has not been great. We would like to be a world-class country. Mm. I come here to help build world-class network for Malaysia and help move the country forward and leapfrog to an advanced economy. We will get there. But without strong infrastructure, we will not be able to advance and leapfrog the country's economy from a developing economy to an advanced economy. This is a shared aspiration for all Malaysians. I come here, I'm very impressed by the diversity of the country and the progressiveness of the people. What they need is a national-scale infrastructure that can help the country leapfrog as a whole.
0: So is 5G the solution then? Because we are still going through this 4G rollout as we speak, isn't it? It's not fully implemented. That is so
1: sad about it.
0: Okay. Think
1: about it. I am a service provider. The other telcos are also service providers. The keyword is Service. What service do we provide? But the bottom line is that for many Malaysians out there, because of the 3G shutdown, they are now seeing 2G on the phones. Yes. And this is 2022, almost 2023. We are going back in time to 2G? Seriously? Mm-hmm. Can that for the country? Something is wrong in this picture.
0: So it was a mistake by the government to actually shut down 3G? Uh,
1: no, it's a, I think it's a, it's a root awakening okay. for the country that the old model of building telco networks Mm. has not served the country well.
0: Okay, so we need to leapfrog and just go ahead
1: to 5G. And that's precisely why we are so excited and we saw eye to eye with the vision with the government back last March. And now we're literally 19 months into the picture. And we have
0: 40% coverage by end of this year. But some people will argue that we don't really need five G, right? Unless you're a highly competitive, you know, <laughs> video gamer, do you really need That's that kind of level myth. of speed? That's a common myth. Because the capex, all right. Let's say we look at the US, the carriers they spend more than a hundred billion mm. on five G airwaves and network mm. upgrades. Yeah, but it's for them. The it seems like the technology has gone gone unnoticed by US customers, and the payoff looks very far off. Could this happen
1: for us? Yeah, let me explain that. It won't happen to Malaysia. I guarantee Mm. you that. How? Why is that the case? For two simple reasons. Number one, the baseline in this country is poor compared to the baseline in America. The baseline for 4G in America is robust. So for a lot of folks, 5G is nice to have. It's not essential. But if you look at the current performance of 4G network in Malaysia, 5G is the only way to get a proper technology.
0: But do we are we ready for it? In part because I'm asking, you it requires for many a change in the handset, yes? And also, are there sufficient killer applications out there to warn us to run out and mm. upgrade our plans, upgrade yep. our phones? So some people say, yeah, it's a nice technology, but not really currently the thing that we need now.
1: After the 3G shutdown, all of a sudden they start seeing 2G signals. We are all used to streaming now. I mean, this show not just is on the airwave, it's also being streamed. And uh, I was just talking to one of your colleagues when I was waiting outside, that he was sharing with me that, oh, you have 5G? I said, yes. And he said, I wish I had 5G. I said, why? I was watching World Cup yesterday. (laughs) And the video just kept buffering off the, uh, you know, live stream of Astro. Now, it's not Astro's fault. I think the problem is that fact that they don't have decent end-user service. Again... The notion of service provider, the notion of service is not there to serve the consumer, to serve the right yet.
0: But Wing, could the winner in the 5G not be the telcos, which is the point you just brought up, but the applications like Uber or Netflix, which was the case in 4G when it was rolled out. So is that the nightmare scenario for YTL Communications? You spend all that CAPEX and the beneficiaries are people like Astro, Netflix.
1: Absolutely not. not. I think we should take a step back and look at the big picture. Mm Uh, Without content and application, the internet is not exciting. Without content and application, there's no demand for for bandwidth. So I think it's a symbiotic relationship. Um, If I may use another analogy, Uh, there are some controversies lately that uh, certain people are making noise that uh, Apple or Google is charging too much for the app store. Okay, let's look at the picture. You build an app. Without a distribution mechanism, how many people can get your app? So we must understand highway And the occupancy of Mm. the highway is symbiotic. So in our case, we're building a fairly fantastic highway. The good news is that the highway has so many cars and lorries and trucks already with all these great contents around the world. So I think it's symbiotic. Now, let me talk about another important point. So far, the discussion has been somewhat consumer-oriented. Yes. I'd like to highlight that 5G is not just about consumers. So it's
0: enterprise and industrial. Yes, ma'am. But Wing, so let's go back to this uh, model that we have in Malaysia, which is a single wholesale network model. Now, a special purpose vehicle, DNB, was created to own the 5G assets. Now, initially, and it was met with a fair degree of objection, not by you, by some of your peers. Uh, But really, did you think this was the best way for the country to roll out this service where the government is involved in business? What's your perspective?
1: Well... The government certainly is involved in guiding public policy. Yes. See, we live in a country, it's a sovereign country. But you country. might not
0: want to own the assets. You might want to guide the policy for sure.
1: Yeah, so here's the thing. This is a special purpose vehicle. Mm. It was initially set up to be a government-led entity. But obviously, um, as you well know, they opened up for the industry players to have equity stake. In yeah, it, which, which YTL has 20%. 20%. Percent. Right. So I think it is a fair model because that's shared
0: destiny here. But are you concerned that because there's only one single model, one single wholesale network model, what happens if there is a technical failure and <laughs> the country has no <laughs> other 5G service? <laughs> I mean, that is an essential utility, isn't it?
1: I appreciate you asking me the question because I think our listeners out there also get a lot of these misleading uh, news from people, misinformation. So let me debunk that, uh, hopefully, once and for all. So mobile network, at any given time, your phone will see two or three or four different radio towers near it. That's how radio towers work. Telecom network, mobile telecom network, comprises of multiple radio towers. So far, DMB has constructed and uh, commissioned over 3,700 of these, which is a substantial amount in such a short period of time. So yep.
0: 3,518 sites. That's
1: right. And soon to be 4,000 and mm. eventually 8,000 and we'll have 80% population coverage by 2024. So that's amazing. But the bottom line is that DMB, to the credit, they have built a highly resilient network. Let me explain that. Their network is highly densified. I know it's sorry about all this technical words, but I'll explain that in such a way that everyone can understand. So if you have limited capital, then you can only afford to put a tower here, a tower there, and you know, things go on. One towers go down, then the customer will be impacted. But DMB's model is a much more robust model, whereby the towers are very dense, which means that the site distance are literally several hundred metres or sometimes less than 100 metres.
0: But it also suggests that uh, it's going to be expensive to roll out. It's already part of the capital yeah, budget.
1: So that's sure. fully transparent. They said mm. 16 billion. So 16 billion is for the entire nationwide built out. With this high-density network, whereby the site distance and the site count, single customer would see at any given time is so high you have, by definition, resiliency built in. If one tower were to go down by power interruption or what have you, a car run into it, God forbid, then immediately, the radio is smart enough to talk to the other towers.
0: But there is no weak point at a centralized system which can collapse, let's say, the whole infrastructure could break down? This is a highly distributed down.
1: system. Therefore, there are so many points that your phone can talk to at any, any given time. A single-site failure is not going to interrupt you because mm. your phone is very smart. See, your phone also has a modem chipset. And... The modem chipset providers such as Qualcomm, MediaTek, they are world-class in what they do, which means that in literally milliseconds time, your phone will switch from one tower to another tower. Give you an example. You drive on North-South Highway, right? Uh, if the network is well-constructed, your call will not drop. But the network is not well-constructed, then you will drop and reconnect. DMb's network is highly resilient because they got so many sites that even if one goes down, life goes on. That's mm. the key. That's point number one. But the second point that everyone must understand is that that's all they do. They only provide the radio towers. We, the service providers, the telcos, we are still responsible for the core network. Now, it's rather complex, this business, but core network is a very complex engineering feast. What we do as a core network is to take all these analog digital signals coming in and turn that digital signal into actual transmission into the internet and bring it back to you. We maintain the core network, whether it's YTL, Or the other guys, they all maintain their own core network Which means that we can continue to drive innovation through our core network Mm. Core network is what provides the service Radio is what the phone connects to
0: On the breakfast grill this morning is Wing Kay Lee He is the CEO of YTL Communications after the break When will this company make consistent profits after losing money since its start in 2010? BFM 89.9 The BFM Breakfast Grill
1: Top interviews you can't afford to miss
0: BFM89.9, welcome back to the Breakfast Grill, where in the hot seat is Wing Kaylee, CEO of YTL Communications. Before the break, is 5G a game changer for this company or a potential disappointment? Wing, I want to go back to your stake in DNB. So 20%, I did the maths, and that's upwards of 250 million ringgit, Mm. right? Now, and this is even before the wholesale capacity take up rates, which can be as much as 72 million. A year. So, my question is How soon can YTL make money on 5G when looking at the plans, which I see on the website, start as low as 58 ringgit a month with a phone thrown in? Mm.
1: First and foremost, uh, in our business, that's such a thing, that's an important concept called unit cost management. Unit cost management means that we must be very careful in terms of how we allocate our resources. So, that we can get uh, as much done as possible with as low resource as possible and still provide world class service. Now, I'm very pleased to say that at our network, the YTL Yes Network, we are legacy free. What that means is that we only have 4G in our portfolio. And now we have 5G through subscription to DMB, which means that we have a very modern and therefore very lean network, unlike the other guys. Now, the fact that you are seeing 2G signal from other operators, means that they are still running 2G. And just they just recently shut down 3G. So they have a fairly legacy burden, legacy-laden yeah. network. All this equates but, to cost.
0: Yeah, but you're still loss-making as an entity, right?
1: We were actually quite good at uh, We were quite close to breaking even when we transitioned from WiMAX to LTE. LTE, uh, we launched in 2016. Then uh, that represents a new investment for us. We are not far. Honestly okay. speaking, we are not far. And with the 5G scenario, uh, I'm very optimistic to say that the DMB investment would have cost us less than for us to do it ourselves.
0: And even with the $72 million per year minimum take-up that you have to commit because to Because we see
1: the data take-up, the data demand from the, from the country will continue to go up. Okay. So we cannot look at the current day baseline when mm-hmm. it comes to utilisation. If you look through uh, the utilisation of Malaysia uh, before and after pandemic, it has gone up and it's not going back down anymore because people are so used to now using digital channels, of communication including things like teams and zoom says so no going back you're not going back to a boring voice call anymore
0: so i'm curious out of your current subscriber base how many actually use or have signed up for the 5g Over services 100
1: 100,000 people have already uh, received our 5g sim card have been activated i think it's safe to say that the momentum will only go up plain one thing you mentioned about devices you're yes. actually right we need to get a new device to take advantage of 5g unless your device is one of those uh, newer phones that you purchased in the last uh, 18 months, then chances are he has got 5G built in, such as the Samsung phones and so on. Now, uh, the good news is, uh, we have the longest range, largest portfolio of 5G phone support in the country because we started the journey early.
0: But you're not the only one now. Immediately, you were the first. But I've also noticed Cellcom, U Mobile, DG also offer 5G services and very competitively as well. Mm.
1: Let me address that.
0: Yeah, so you know, how are you going to gain traction against these bigger players which have larger market share than you and also presumably higher marketing budgets?
1: Mm. I think the best way for us to answer this question is that let's go back to the name of our category of work that we are. We're in service provider. So we're here to provide service. If you look at our service plan, we have the most competitive and lowest cost service plan. Let me break that down. When you look at the other guy's service plan, you will know that they have all kinds of restrictions. Our plan, from day one, when we launched in May of this year, seven months now, we've held to the same promise. Every single one of our 5G plan, we have no FUP, Fair Usage Policy. FUP is where... You don't throttle anyone down. Telcos will just throttle you down Mm. whenever they want to because of the fact that you use too much or something. In our case, we give you total freedom, meaning that when you sign up for a yes 5G plan, you will never have any throttling which means that you can always enjoy the highest speed wherever you are.
0: Provided you, you have are. the 5G service, because coverage at the moment nationwide isn't 100%, is it? I mean, well, even, even mm. DNB, I think uh, as of September, the Gendela report says that be, they are behind their original plan. Hmm. They've only deployed about 1,915 out of the 300,518 sites planned for the year.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's changed now. So let me explain this. Building network is complex. It's not just ordering... Uh, equipment from Ericsson, right? Yes. D M B awarded the tender to Ericsson. So it is not the fact that they couldn't get the equipment. They got the equipment. Uh, local deployment. Every single site is a local execution uh, uh, exercise, which means that every single site, you have to get local approvals. state approval, city council approval, resident community so that's the approval. Hiccup. And it has taken longer. But then again, uh, the good news is Uh, As I shared with you, Xiaming, we have built already our own 4G network. And our 4G network is actually quite uh, uh, well spread out with 92% population coverage. So what we're doing is that we are offering our sites for DMB's consideration to use. If they see that it's useful... So you're quite happy to on.
0: rent it out to them in a way? Uh, only if it makes sense <laughs> to them. Okay, but I also looked at the Jane Dela report, which talks about your 4G services. Cellcom, DG, Maxis, your your Mobile, they've upgraded more base stations than originally planned for quarter two. But for YTL, only 63% of the planned base stations have been upgraded. So why are you behind the curve actually? Then? Okay.
1: The upgrade of the base station is basically fiberization. Yes. So right now, a lot of the base station that so-called needs to be upgraded uh, is due to the fact that uh, we are on microwave technology, uh, which is a wireless technology, point to point with a big dish. And the idea of upgrade is to go to fiber, Mm. right? The problem is that it is not that we don't want to do it. We have awarded the work to the uh, fiber company, whose name I will not mention. So it's their fault they have not been able to meet the target. Okay. And we have explained to MCMC, uh, but most importantly, explaining is one thing. Uh, The real action is to have down-to-ground execution. So on a weekly basis, we have our steering meeting with our private service provider to ensure that they pick up pace as much as possible. And I'm very pleased to share with you and the listener Mm. that we are on track to make 100% by end of this year. So we are fully compliant by end of this year, which is only a few weeks away.
0: Wing, do you think there's the possibility of policy reversal of this current 5G single wholesale network model? I mean, because we do have a new government. Is Mm. it something beyond our realm of possibility? Well, let's look at performance.
1: I mean, one can critique uh, based upon certain uh, ideology. But if you look at the actual performance of our 5G network, Mm. we are the second fastest in all of Asia. Now, I've been in Malaysia for 13 years. We've never been first or second or third fastest of anything when it comes to telco network. So this is a refreshing change. And may I say, a much needed change. Okay. So we are changing in the right direction.
0: Now, I want to look at YTL Communications financials. Um, and I do so when I look through, I look at it via YTL Power, which is listed and owns 60% of this company. If I look at the segmental pre-tax profits, and it goes back on Bloomberg only as far as 2013, but except for 2019, where there was a slight profit of $2.4 million, every year we have seen losses. Even in FY 2022, it was a loss of a close to $200 million. And you see these pre-tax losses hovering between 190 million to a high of 277 million, which then begs the question: Why can't this business turn a profit after so many years? It's been in existence since 2010.
1: Yeah, I think it's safe to say that uh, the initial startup year has been challenging mm-hmm. because, uh, as I mentioned, uh, with just like what DMV has experienced, the deployment of network has been a bit slow. Not because we don't want to; it's because Uh, state and local authorities approval has proven to be more complex. Uh, In certain areas, it takes six different approval process just to have one single site. So the ratio is a bit off. But the bottom line is that uh, we have started the journey on WiMAX technology. And the reason we chosen WiMAX wasn't because we're religious about WiMAX. It's because of the fact that we were introduced by the government along with a few other telcos. Um, So the long story short is that it is rather difficult Uh, to sustain a WiMAX business model because the WiMAX business model has experienced ecosystem problem because of the advance of the LTE model. Now, we have the uh, commitment and the referral to continue our journey. So we transform our network from WiMAX to LTE. So now that costs money.
0: Yeah, and you saw that in 2016, right? When There was
1: a bump in loss. That's right. And uh, when we first started the journey, we were given spectrum at 2.3 gigahertz. Now, if you look at the other telco uh, in Malaysia, they have spectrum in the high band, in the mid band, and the low band. Mm. We only had spectrum in the high band. Mm. We didn't have any spectrum in the mid band and the low band.
0: Which you meant that, that connectivity... That was a was, bit of a handicap yeah.
1: because people would say that, oh, I don't have the perfect indoor coverage. Yes. And that has slowed us down. Now, we show the government that we have continued to invest, and therefore we deserve to have a chance to have additional spectrum. We only got that additional spectrum in 2019.
0: But is 5G going to be the game changer for you? How soon can you break even or even just turn a profit? So we started
1: with the low band spectrum, which is 800 megahertz. Uh, We were able to uh, drive additional investment to now close uh, the gap. So Mm. we are now at 92% solid. It took us a while to get here. As you can see, uh, Xiaoning is is not an easy journey. But we have, um, I think, persisted and we have now reached 92%, which we are basically level playing field with the other telcos when it comes to 4G, that becomes a foundation for 5G.
0: Okay, so profit, when will you see the first glimpses of a profit? FY 2024, FY 2025. I'm curious, how long are your shareholders going to be patient with you?
1: Because our shareholders think long term Mm -hmm. and our shareholders think holistically, I'm proud to say that if you look at our group's uh, uh, performance, Mm. uh, I think the group Uh, has already made investment in numerous other areas to drive synergy as a digital infrastructure portfolio. If you look at uh, what we've done, the communications network is a key ingredient. Is that why
0: it's parked under Whitetail Power?
1: Because it's a utility place. So
0: is the cash-rich utilities business in a way subsidizing your loss-making telco?
1: Well, certainly it's helpful to have a parent of Whitetail Power. To help us sustain this vision we look at it as a total digital infrastructure play
0: but profit by when fy 2024 2025
1: i think we are not far i think the trajectory is very strong let me explain that uh, when it comes to 5g the cost structure as compared to us building our own 5g mm. dnb's model is more favorable point number one point number two with 5g as i mentioned just now it's not just consumer using the service it's about enterprise and industry the enterprise industry represent a huge revenue opportunity for us. And okay. last but not least, we complete the journey by connecting the dots with data center investment and digital bank investment. So all these are synergistic investment as a digital infrastructure play for us to move forward as a group.
0: And Wei, what do you say to those who question the reputation of YTL communications, especially after the government didn't renew the iBistari net contract? Uh, citing that the project did not meet objectives and performance indicators. And even more recently, uh, the YTL phones given via the Jaringan pre harting program, which caught fire.
1: Yeah, there was only two instances and it was entirely settled. Number one, the issue is the end users' use of a third-party charger that created the problem. Nonetheless, it's important for us to ensure that people understand we've done the utmost in terms of safety and compliance of all our products. Well, one we bit star in Met and exceeded all the KPIs set forth by ministry per contract. Suffice to say that.
0: Okay. <laughs> Although the government did say it differently. But on that note, thank you for your time. Today on The Breakfast Grill was Wing Kay Lee, CEO of YTL Communications. I'm Wong Shanning, BFM 89.9.
1: The BFM Breakfast Grill. Top interviews you can't afford to miss.
0: You have been listening to a podcast